Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 106. We'll begin with a brief summation of Isaiah chapters 64 through 66 and follow the consideration of bittersweet endings and what comes next. If you're just joining TanakhCast for the first time, welcome. We're about to conclude the book of Isaiah in this episode, and it ends on a bit of a down note. In the previous episode, Trito Yeshayahu tried to arouse God's mercy and pity to once again redeem his people. It's not clear from the solemn hymn if the prophet is referring to the present or the past. The second temple has been built, but it's a modest edifice, a sadder, smaller version of its former glory. And even though it stands, there are still the fast days commemorating the siege, the day the wall was pierced, and the day Solomon's temple burned. Chapter 64 finds the prophet trying again to rouse God, to summon him to come down from on high and take care of business. Quote, you are our father, we are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. But the thing is, God has been there all along. In chapter 65, God responds, quote, I constantly spread out my hands to a disloyal people who walk the way that is not good, following their own designs. And the thing is, if you read this chapter closely, the edge in God's voice, his complaint, is not against the people worshipping idols per se. That special kind of sin is not mentioned here. What we have in chapter 65 is kind of a blending, a syncretism of the biblical worldview and ways of worship with the pagan perspective and practice. The prophet rails against this assimilationist move. Quote, The people who provoke my anger, who continually, to my very face, sacrifice in gardens and burn incense on tiles, who sit inside tombs and pass the night in secret places, who eat the flesh of swine with broth of unclean things in their bowls. But God will not destroy everyone. Quote, Thus said the Lord, as when new wine is pressed in the cluster, one says, don't destroy it, there's good in it, so will I do for the sake of my servants and not destroy everything. The grand reboot will involve a new reality, a new way of the world, where babies will not be stillborn and the aged will be as vigorous as the young, and quote, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the serpent's food shall be earth. In all my sacred mount, nothing evil or vile shall be done, said the Lord. Wow, wow, very nice. The concluding chapter of the book of Isaiah, gotta say, was a bit of a letdown. Three concluding prophecies, not one, not one, involving humans with animal heads or the earth cracking open to allow demons to escape. Not one. We have more of the same. Some more rebuke, a transition to a little consolation, and then a little more rebuke, and then, well, you'll see. The middle section of chapter 66 deals with Jerusalem and God's vengeance against his enemies. But it's not clear if the enemies are internal or external. But the imagery, though, the imagery, quote, See the Lord is coming with fire. His chariots are like a whirlwind to vent his anger and fury, his rebuke in flaming fire. Those who sanctify and purify themselves to enter the groves, imitating one in the center, eating the flesh of the swine, the reptile, and the mouse, shall one and all come to an end, declares the Lord. Okay, finally, some pyrotechnics and reptile eating. But God will redeem the redeemable and builds to an ending, which I'll talk about a bit more after the jump. So, thus endeth the summation and beginneth the consideration. In 
episode 49, when we wrapped up the Torah, I looked at series finales and how series end. And I was tempted to revisit this trope here because we are wrapping up Yeshayahu, the, the book of Isaiah. But Isaiah as a book, the first of the latter prophets, did not really follow the trajectory of the books that preceded it. It was filled with prophecies, which as we've discussed were often ahistorical. That is, we weren't really sure if the prophet, be it Yeshayahu, Ben Amot, Deutero Yeshayahu, or Trito Yeshayahu, was talking about the past, the present, or the future. And their prophesizing was more about delivering a message to the Jewish people and not driving the plot forward to a satisfying conclusion. In other words, we can't really expect that this or the remainder of the section of the Nevi'im, the latter prophets, will have much of a story arc. A story arc is constructed out of a sequence of episodes where characters drive or are schlepped along by a single impetus. The ongoing storyline does not necessarily have to play out in consecutive episodes. Other non-arc stories can be interspersed to provide a break in the action or to lighten the mood or feature a peripheral character. These fillers or self-contained stories don't have any major effect on the arc itself. They usually don't drive character development that will be relevant for the arc or show off character development displayed in an earlier storyline. I guess the best exemplar of arc-based storytelling is the soap opera, but the first American primetime drama to really rely on arcs was... That's right, Hill Street Blues, the groundbreaking police drama that ran on NBC from 1981 to 1987. In British broadcasting, story arcs were quite common, although they didn't really call it that at the BBC. Okay, here's the hint. This show celebrated its 50th anniversary in 2013 with a party thrown in its honor by Her Royal Majesty the Queen at Buckingham Palace. Can you name this theme song in five notes? That's right, Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Okay, so Isaiah doesn't have a discernible story arc. It is, as we have seen, filled with striking images, visions, predictions, many of which were co-opted by Christians to support their faith in Jesus as the Mashiach, but sadly there's no real story. I mean, Isaiah has some of the typical elements of a story arc. There is a big bad, be it idolatry or the various empires that will come and devastate and then go. There is a central conflict that is good versus evil. God versus the idols, but the, with the Jewish people and the fate of the world in the balance, but there's no flow through. The storytelling, if there is any, is recursive, with the same themes, the same dilemmas, the same outcomes popping up again and again. So, though in chapter 66 there was a lot of talk about the big bad and his being vanquished in the future or maybe in the present, that day having been or will possibly be saved, this... Eh, we sort of have all the Jewish damsels in distress and innocent bystanders ostensibly rescued and the faithful heroes gearing up to reap their reward, worshipping and near offering in God's temple as they walk down the slopes of Mount Moriah. But, you know, it's... We're missing that, you know, that... Because we kind of need it. But I kind of don't feel like cheering. Perhaps it's the concluding verse. Quote, They shall go out and gaze on the corpses of the men who rebelled against me. Their worms shall not die, nor their fire be quenched. They shall be a horror to all flesh. All those corpses and the worms eating them and the fires. That might kind of put a damper on the, you know, happy ending. If anything, this ending is bittersweet. Sadness mixed with gladness. With a thumb on the scale on the sadness side. 
depending on how you look at it. I mean, you're not the corpse that's getting eaten by worms, so I guess that's a win. <laughs> but are we to assume that this setup, a stitching together of prophecies culminating with a final, you know, win... Are we going to have to go through this again in the book of Jeremiah? Will Ladder Prophets 2 profit margin? No, that doesn't work. Ladder Prophets 2, the Jeremiah conspiracy. No, no. How about Ladder Prophets 2, prophecies forever? Or how about Two Prophets, Two Furious? Did you get that? That was like a two, like two, two, T-O-O, T-W-O. All right, well, how about this one? Ladder Prophets 2, The Bullfrog's Return. Jeremiah was the bullfrog. And the rest of the preview will be all these madcap antics. Yeah. Okay, okay, let's get back on track here. So, will the book of Jeremiah be the arcless romp as the first in the series? And what of the book of Ezekiel, otherwise known as... Ladder Prophets 3, Dem Bones. Okay, I couldn't resist that last one. Anyway, for that you'll have to wait until the next episode of... Tanakhcast 107, colon, Beyond the Biblical Beyond, or... Tanakhcast 107 colon apocalypse or Tanakhcast If you like what you heard today, spread the word about Tanakhcast. Send a friend an email to say, Hey, would it kill you to check out Tanakhcast? Or even better, write a brief review at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Smart Radio, or SoundCloud. It's a small thing, really, but it will help other people who might be interested in some Bible learning find this podcast. Or if you want to help in a bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for TanakhCast and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for... Episode 107, when we begin the book of Jeremiah with chapters 1 through 3.